Hello everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we're going to be finishing up the same chapter we've been working on of Kindred. Um, I'm going to be joined by Candace once again. Uh, next week we will be moving on to the very next chapter. So hopefully, uh, you know, you guys are enjoying it. Honestly, I can see that you all are enjoying it. We've been getting a lot more listens, which is very exciting for me. I'm happy about all the new listeners that are here. Thank you for listening and enjoying this podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to the first couple episodes, make sure you listen to those first, just because this does go in chronological order, and I want to make sure everyone can avoid spoilers if they don't want any. So that way, you know, listen to the first episode, then come back and, you know, work your way through the episodes and enjoy Kindred, because I'm really enjoying chatting about it, and I'm really enjoying having Candace on, and I hope you guys are enjoying this as much. I'm saying a lot of enjoyment, okay? I... Think these I think this book is really good and I feel like not enough people know about it so I'm hoping that these episodes are kind of raising awareness for this book and I hope some of you guys started reading it yourselves because this is really a worthwhile read to me and I think if you give it a chance you will really enjoy it I said enjoy again I need another word hmm. um, can't think of one fast enough you will it doesn't matter. Just read the book, love the book, be the book. I don't know. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into the episode uh, and talk more about this chapter uh, before we move on to the next one. Rufus does admit that his dad sold Alice's dad uh, because he was tired of Alice's dad continuously trying to run away. Mm-hmm. Because, well, he thought he was going to run away, but really he was just like trying to see his wife once in a while. Yeah. And like Tom wanted Alice's dad to like leave his wife so that he could marry someone that Tom owned so that they could have kids that Tom owned. And I was like, Correct. oh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't imagine that about thinking of somebody's reproductive choices, like their their and their life mm-hmm. as something that you can control. Like you're like no more than your breeding pigs. The one thing I don't like that's oh sorry. No, I, I'm just saying like that's that's atrocious. That's an atrocity. Yeah. And I also don't understand like maybe it's just because I'm a little ignorant in this fact, but I don't understand how Alice's mom and Alice's dad could have gotten together. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand how, like, they are able to speak or meet or know each other for long enough to get married. So, the marriage, I don't think, was, like, a legal one. Mm-hmm. Because back then, you're somebody's property. You can yeah. get legally married to them anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you say that that's what you want. And um, Alice's mother... Alice is only free because her mother is. Mm-hmm. And we don't know yet if Alice's mom was born free mm-hmm. or if she is somebody who attained freedom, like who was given her freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as how they could have met, I mean, she could have previously been a slave and then they met and only she was freed. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could have been something like, I mean, slaves didn't have autonomy. They had to obviously report to somebody, mm-hmm. but there were slaves who would go into town, run errands, 
um, they're always with you. So if you're, if let's say the person that you are, you know, that, 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 that has enslaved you, the person that owns you is in like a store and you're outside and there's like a free woman walking by that's pretty and you say, hi, how are you? Each time you go into town and you see that person, you'll have a little bit of a conversation. And I think that's how people would kind of fall in love and make acquaintances and new arrangements with people that they otherwise wouldn't have met. You know what I mean? Like it's all kind of going on under the surface, Mm -hmm. which is why I think it's so important that there's this whole other element to this book of like the cookhouse and like what the slaves do internally versus how they act and what they do to occupy their time externally. Right. Like, you know, I think that that level of privacy and, 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 and secrecy is something that was, able to be cultivated Mm -hmm. in certain situations but people paid dearly for it Mm -hmm. as we saw you know in in the opener when we first see uh the the opening of um of that chapter where you know dana goes back in time and you see she meets alice and her and her her mom and her dad and she sees them you know get attacked yeah um like this is this is such a hard read for me because it's like these are these are people these are human beings Mm -hmm. and it's so clear that they barely treat other white people like they're human beings, let alone their slaves. Yeah. Um, something I did notice, though, for Kevin and Dana is that when they talk about people, they call them servants. Mm-hmm. They don't call them slaves. Like they'll say slaves if they're around them or if they're like if they're around the people themselves, they're around, you know, Waylon and his family and things like that. But when they're speaking to each other, they call them servants. Mm-hmm. And I think that <clears throat> that's something that is an important distinction because calling somebody a slave immediately like kind of subverts their personhood Mm -hmm. to object status because a slave is something you own. It's not a being, Mm -hmm. right? There's no autonomy. There's no freedom. There's no free will. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's kind of ahead of its time. I know even now, like in modern textbooks and things like that in modern conversations, a lot of people will say enslaved persons or enslaved people Mm -hmm. rather than saying slaves because it gives that person at least the dignity of you are somebody who is in this position against your will mm-hmm. you know and it's it's shocking to to like you know read what these what these people have to say to, to sarah what nigel says what you know what carrie i mean doesn't say but shows what sarah says like you know they're people who accept that this is their life mm-hmm. they accept that this is their their lot but they're still doing the best that they can to make the best of a really just abominable situation I think that's one thing I really like too about Octavia Butler is the fact that like she is showing people who are in this predicament like and how they are truly trying to live their daily life instead of being like and they were all trying to revolt and you know like which is cool I do like those kind of stories but I Mm -hmm. also like that she's not being like romanticizing the era at all like she's like this is the ugly truth of it people just you know when this is your lot in life you just kind of deal with it yeah well i mean it was dangerous to do Mm -hmm. anything else yeah you know if any of these people fought back they would just lose their lives Mm -hmm. i mean sarah doesn't even fight sarah does everything that they wanted to do she complies Mm -hmm. and they still sell her children yeah i mean rufus rufus even has a connection with her kids like Mm -hmm. he even says like oh yeah i was friends with i was friends with aunt sarah's mom Mm -hmm. i mean aunt sarah's son rather so he says oh i was friends with aunt sarah's son and you know, daddy sold him anyway. Mm-hmm. So like even his own son isn't enough yeah. for him to like treat these people like, you know, individual human beings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even Rufus knows like, hey, these are good people. You know, they work for us. They're part of our family. And his dad is like, uh, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
like to me it's just wild it is wild it's it's it's, just wild it's so heavy that i honestly can't do our entire weekly reading in one sitting i have to like break it up because i'm like oh yeah ouch and i feel like that's i feel like that is something that shouldn't be the case like i think it should always be heavy if Mm -hmm. i watch schindler's list it's not like i'm having a picnic in the park or something Mm -hmm. like that's heavy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um any any movie that's about the subjugation of other people Mm -hmm. is going to be heavy and bad and scary and difficult and and exhausting to deal with. But I think that it's a really a mistake. Like right now we're having this critical race theory battle in our country. I think it's really a mistake to believe that, you know, these stories are something that we are used to or that we understand. Like me reading it the second time, well, third time now, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't as, harsh Mm -hmm. as it was the first time the first time i was pretty much in tears like every couple of pages i was just like (gasps) like anxiety panic attacks all that stuff because it's a lot Mm -hmm. um but i think that that's something that we should familiarize ourselves with so it doesn't happen again like there's Mm -hmm. already a lot of you know laws for all kinds of people all kinds of americans Mm -hmm. that are rolling back rights you know what i mean of all kinds civil rights yeah and i think that you know as we're kind of grappling with this you know this new era essentially mm-hmm. of you know socio-political nonsense um that things like this are important to recognize like this book is like you said it's very hard to read mm-hmm. but it's worth the read oh, yeah. because you're learning so much you're getting so much of a perspective that you know unfortunately doesn't exist anywhere else and like i'm someone who's pretty well educated about this stuff um having done my own research my mom mm-hmm. you know always kind of made sure that i did all my own research on things like this um and this time period i think as i've said before mm-hmm. but you know, it, even for me, if I, if I'm going in with that much knowledge and it's still a hard read, what mm-hmm. is it like for someone who doesn't know any of this? Yeah. And I, like, it feels, it feels like true science fiction, you know? Yeah. I mean, I obviously had a lot less knowledge than you do because I did European history and I didn't get to learn about anything in America. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. wasn't, I pr- probably wasn't even offered to you, right? Not really. Like most yeah. of the stuff I know is because a teacher like gave us a crash course. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so my knowledge is subliminal. Is that right? That's, that is okay. I didn't feel like the right word. I wasn't sure, but, um, yeah. So everything I know is things that like one, I follow, I have you on Facebook. So you teach me a lot of things that I didn't get to know about. And then I also (laughs) listen to a lot of different like creators that like tell me about the world because Mm -hmm. I grew up in the, a smaller town, which was like diverse, but also like, rose-colored glasses for sure sure you know well i mean it's hard to see things like that when you're in it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's very difficult to look around you and recognize that there's a problem when you are in it and people aren't bothering you Mm -hmm. and for me that was something that i experienced all the time i i also am from a very small town it's suburban but almost rural Mm -hmm. in nature and um i was the only black kid in my school until like fifth grade Mm -hmm. i think fourth or fifth grade Mm-hmm. and even then it was like a boy there was there were two black children that mm-hmm. were both boys that were a grade either two grades below me or one grade below me and people just like whenever like a, whenever like a, a kid would have you know any kind of temper tantrum or act out or whatever they just go oh time out you know you need a time out but when these kids would act out and these kids would you know behave a certain way they'd get sent to like the principal's office mm-hmm. you know what i mean there were always harsher punishments for these black kids than there ever were for the white kids who would do even worse than that. So mm-hmm. I remember learning at a very young age, you know, speaking up isn't always 
it's always the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but you're not always going to get the result that you want, you know? And that's essentially like what we're seeing this, this main character doing here is like, you know, she knows the right thing to do. It's easy to do the, it's, it's easy to know the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Actually doing the right thing is very different. Like she doesn't want to just lay down and take it. That's not who she is. That's not the time period she's from. Mm-hmm. That's not her perspective. But she also knows that if she doesn't navigate this appropriately, people can get hurt and there are real world consequences to those choices. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that like can't be, you know, overstated enough that like she is so present and so aware of her choices and 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 the options that she has or doesn't have. And then she's stuck there with her man who doesn't get any of that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kevin gives me very like I understand the world if I'm a fifth grader mm-hmm. vibes. And then like Dana's like, okay, but like there's a lot more happening. Yeah. And he's like, mm, no. I okay, so I saw something interesting on TikTok the other day. People talking about like you go from so woke to once again being closed minded. Like, have you have you seen those kinds of videos? No, but I kind of get it. Yeah. Like you, you become so woke that you're too woke about everything, and everything is nefarious, and so therefore you're closed minded because nothing can be right because everything is wrong. I'll give you an example so that we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. It was she duetted this video of. Okay, she duetted this video of a woman talking about how she like doesn't trust basically shaming bisexual people uh, Mm -hmm. for ever wanting to be with a man because like down with all men and stuff. So it's like, she was saying that she's a feminist because this, and it's like, you've gone so far that now like you're just as bad as the people that you say. Yeah. Yeah. So like there was like that conversation. My for you page is a lot of that because I'm aggressive. So yeah. So I, I have a lot of feelings about people that are like that. When I studied feminist theory in college as well, there were, there were a lot of um, theorists, feminist theorists, mm-hmm. uh, especially radical feminist theorists who believe that. Um, you also have TERFs out there, right? Trans exclusionary mm-hmm. radical feminists who don't believe that trans women are women. Um, so those people to me are also in that same camp of swinging oh, yeah. so far, you know what I mean? To the, to the left that you're just like on the right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't... It's hard because I feel like if I feel like if you are somebody who deals with discrimination, mm-hmm. it can be difficult because there is a very fine line between self-preservation mm-hmm. and being accepting. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like I for example, I was on a call the other day and I said, "Oh, it's spooky season because it's, you know, spooky season. Mm-hmm. It's October spooky season. when we're recording this." So I said that and someone in the chat was like, those spooks better watch out. And I was like, okay. So as a, as a, if I were a white person, I would have just gone, I know ghosts, haha, Right. Mm-hmm. And I would have moved on. But because I'm looking at this from the lens of an African-American woman, right. Of a, of a very proud black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, spook is an old school word for black person. It's like, up there with the n-bomb and there are a lot of people who don't know that it's like really old school racism Mm -hmm. there are a lot of really old school racist terms Mm -hmm. that people use in like common company like in you know what i mean like in in normal everyday conversations that people don't realize are horrifically racist Mm -hmm. right like saying gyps 
that's very anti-Romani, right? And and offensive. Yeah. So there are a lot of there are a lot of like slang words that people use mm -hmm. that they don't realize come from negative origins. So I'm sitting here on this call going, okay, well, do I react to this person saying this? Yeah. Or do I just say nothing? Because I don't want to be the person, like if that person's just going, yeah, I know Halloween, ghosts, yay. And then I'm like, race card. Yeah. They're going to be like, hey, what's up? That's not what I meant. Why would you say that? And then the person is like really offended. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a huge dust up. And then I have to explain why I feel that way. And they're just hurt. They're not going to hear, hey, I feel that way because mm -hmm. I've had bad experiences in the past. They're not going to hear that from you. Yeah. The average person won't anyway. They're just going to feel really hurt and embarrassed that you called them out in front of everybody like they were being racist when they weren't. And I've also been in situations where I didn't say anything mm -hmm. and someone continued to use that terminology until finally I told someone else about it and they said something because I didn't feel empowered because it was somebody that was, you know, they were a teacher. They were above me and mm -hmm. they knew what these kids were saying and didn't correct them because they didn't, they thought if they had corrected them that they would have just said the term more and then it would have really hurt me. So they just assumed that I didn't know that this was a racist term that they were using and just kind of let it slide. Because they weren't using it correctly, apparently. Which, like, that's even more insidious. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Than, than calling it out and being wrong about the person's intention. So I totally understand um, that, that very fine line. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard because, you know, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. That's not untrue, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, no great movement was ever reached by just the people who were affected mm -hmm. doing the work. You know, there were white abolitionists. There were white, white people in the civil rights movement. There were men in the feminist marches. You know what I mean? Like there are people all over the world that were fighting for, you know, for, for, you know, against police brutality and, and for justice for, you know, George Floyd mm -hmm. and Philando Castile and Sandra Bland and all of these, you know, people who, whose lives were taken, you know, innocent people whose lives were taken. So, like it's really it's a it's a weird time to be alive for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird time. The reason I brought this conversation up was I felt like Kevin is going that direction. Where Absolutely. he's like so woke that he's gone right back around. Yes. So turns out Tom was there the whole time listening and knows she was reading to Rufus. And so he decides to respond by asking her a lot of personal questions. Oh yeah. And Tom tells Dana that he, after like asking her very invasive personal questions, he's like, I could buy you and you could teach Rufus. And he says that if she stays with uh, Kevin, she'll regret it, which is honestly the only decent thing Tom has ever done in this entire book. <laughs> See, that's the thing though, right? So like, I know why, why she would regret it. Mm -hmm. I, I know why she would regret it because he's kind of a douchebag. But I feel like this like old timey man doesn't understand this modern douchebaggery mm -hmm. um, compared to this so compared to Tom. Kevin is actually kind of a prize. So when he says that to her, I'm immediately like, what conversations are you having with Kevin that we don't know about? yet?" Well, think about it. He Kevin told him right before this conversation, Kevin had said that he told Tom that he was going to sell Dana without her knowing. Right. Yes. So but I'm saying like, is there more to mm -hmm. it than that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because like, I'm sure Tom, like Tom is, is going, oh, he's going to sell you off anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not like the equivalent of what he's saying to her. He's saying to her, like, you're going to regret it. Yeah. Like regret is different than, oh, you're going to get sold anyway. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Like regret is if you stay with him, that's going to be a fucking nightmare for you. And I'm like, what? Because she was already, she, remember, she he, he was like, oh, I'm trying to make myself sound as disgusting mm -hmm. as I can. And apparently it's working, which is frightening. Yeah. 
Oh, I I would like to be a fly on the wall there. I just need to know. Yes. And like how he's like creeping on her. Like he hears the whole conversation. Like when Rufus asks Dana, like, why doesn't my mom like you? Like, what's her problem? And Dana's like, I don't know. Ask your mama. And he's like fucking lurking in the in the hallway hearing all of this. And I'm like, so what does he make of that? Yeah. That she doesn't that that you know what I mean with his wife? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't even address it. Yeah, thank God that she didn't say anything though. Would have made her life a lot worse. Yep. So one of the slaves ends up, or one of the. Now, because you opened my eyes about saying enslaved, I'm going to go with that instead, actually. I I feel like that's nicer. And I mean, if we go back and forth, like it's Mm -hmm. it's natural, like we're reading a book about slavery. Um, I think that we are present Mm -hmm. and aware that these people, that these are people, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I, I agree, it is weird to say slave. Yeah. I will say when I wrote it the first time, I was like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, one of the enslaved people talked about, uh, talked back to Tom and Tom decided to make an example of him. Yep. And very brutally so. Honestly, I don't know if that person survived. Yeah. So Margaret found out that Dana had been sleeping uh, like where Dana's been sleeping and decided to confront her about it and basically said that uh, that cannot continue in her Christian household. Right. And I was like, oh. In her Christian household where she's trying to seduce mm-hmm. a man who is not her husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that not the epitome <laughs> of modern Christianity though? Oh yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that like the horror too of of, of her witnessing this beating mm-hmm. too like i mean you, you you know that it's extreme because she's already witnessed extreme acts of violence against her person and someone else mm-hmm. so the fact that like she's watching this happen like you know you can you can it, it almost feels like there's a change in her and her perception after that she starts thinking really thoroughly about like she's like hyper aware of sleeping in mm-hmm. in kevin's room even before margaret says something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah i feel like dana that really kind of cemented to her what time period she's in like she knew already but like that really hit the nail on the coffin yeah and i i also think too like dana dana's perception and her perspective um is important Mm -hmm. because she notices that there are kids who look she says they look more like tom whalen than rufus does that are black children that are enslaved Mm -hmm. And when you when you realize that moment, like when you think about that, especially from Dana's perspective, you start getting this real understanding as to why the first thing she says is you black whore. Like she specifically is talking about the fact that she's sleeping with Kevin Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, like anything else, because she has a problem with her own husband Mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. No. Wild. Especially because slaves don't have an option. Yeah. It can't possibly be consensual. Yeah. Ever. Even if they want it, it's not consensual because you own them. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. an innate power dynamic there. Correct. Also, we find out that Margaret is the 1800s version of a micromanager and yells at everyone for not cleaning, but also never cleans. Yep. Much like CEOs. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, and that's when we also find out that um, that she's the reason she wanted to buy new stuff. Sarah tells her, like, oh, she wanted more finery and more jewelry, and she's not some Christian lady who, like, 
you know, the, the, our previous, you know, the previous wife Mm -hmm. was a Christian woman who cared about charity and faith and hope and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and was very kind. But this woman, you know, the reason Sarah's sons were sold is so that she could have more stuff for her house that she doesn't even look at or use. Yep. Like that's how ruthless these people are. Like they don't even consider that this is a person in exchange for some tchotchkes. I can't even fully like wrap my head around it, to be honest. No. Like it to me it does not make sense. At all. Yeah. Like you have someone who like I mean, I can't I can barely be mean to like a, a, an animal. Like my cats get whatever they want. Like <laughs> <laughs> to my fault it, yeah they get whatever they want you know i can't destroyed my notebook it would be my fault that i left it out you know what i mean correct like correct. i can't imagine being actually angry with her for a single thing she does in her entire life right and that's an animal mm-hmm. like i can't imagine that with a person yeah like an, a human individual like that's like there's there's so much to unpack there about your own state of mind mm-hmm. And the the backflips and 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 acrobatics that you need to do as a human being to look at another human being and say it's fine for me to have complete and utter control of you, mind and body. Yeah. And it's especially fun that you don't want to be here, and that you have to be here. And I'm going to exploit that as much as I can for my own gains. Yeah. Like that's some ice cold shit. And I mean, even when he even when he beats that slave, Tom Whalen, like he, you know, Dana says, like he looks like he's doing chores. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't look like he's hurting somebody or even that he's angry. It's like a complete lack of understanding, awareness, or interest. It feels very much like it's just something he thinks he has to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so I have a lot of feelings about Hamilton as a musical. I think I've said that before, mm-hmm. um, which I won't go into now. But one of the things that that did strike me as as a as a commonality, right, is that you have this portrayal of people who were all slave owners. Mm-hmm. Um, who are saying that slavery is bad, right? Mm-hmm. And that they don't want slavery. And when I when I read that, I was like, okay, well, what does this mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what did, what did that mean for people back then? So I did some research on Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton and like all the ma- major players of that time period. And it took an additional 100 years to set anybody free. And originally they were saying, well, we don't want to set people free without skills. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that they know what they're doing. Okay, fine, right, fair. But like, no one's teaching anybody any skills. You know, like back then people felt like they had inherited slavery from the British, but then kept it up and continued to exploit mm-hmm. people for over a hundred more years. Wasn't it Thomas Jefferson too that most like black people in America can trace their lineage to? Oh yeah, he had tons of kids with his slaves. Yeah. As a matter of fact, his his the the, the enslaved woman that people people like to romanticize their relationship like she had any choice in the matter, mm-hmm. but clearly she didn't, even if even if there are pictures of her or paintings of her where she has a smile, like we can't trust that. Yeah, no. You know, uh, Sally Hemings. Sally Hemings, actually, and this is what I'm saying, this stuff runs so deep. Sally Hemings was actually his Thomas Jefferson's wife's sister. Her biological sister. Her father used to rape Sally Hemings' mother, who was also an enslaved woman. And so Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson's uh the, the paramour people like to say but actually victim mm-hmm. she was literally his wife's sister by his wife's father who did the same thing to her mother and she was gifted to him sally hemmings was gifted to thomas jefferson when he got married to his wife by his father so basically basically thomas jefferson's wife's father mm-hmm. right gave thomas jefferson his daughter 
like his daughter's hand in marriage, as well as a physical daughter that he then impregnated and had multiple children with and then denied any kind of personhood to them. And something that also used to happen back then is that instead of uh, allowing children of slave owners to just go free and just be free, not everybody did that. Mm -hmm. What was actually customary was to have them work, like work for their freedom. Mm -hmm. So as, as though they're, as though their very existence is a debt that they have to pay off when they didn't choose to be there in the first place, nor did their mother choose to have them. Like the whole thing is just so crazy. And then even Sally Hemings, Sally Hemings mother was a slave Mm -hmm. that was also abused. And so was her mother. She was also, so three generations in that one family from Thomas Jefferson's wife's side, right? Three generations of enslaved women who were forced to have children with their masters, with people who own them. And then their children would get sold off or they'd make their kids work until they were like 35, 40 years old, which is most of someone's Mm -hmm. life back then. And then set them free. So now that you can't have children of your own, now that you're, you know, relatively too old to kind of start over again, Mm -hmm. now you're free with nothing on the street. No house, no clothes, no nothing. Your family is God knows where because someone sold them off long ago. You're alone. So like, that's what I'm saying when I, when I, when I talk about, you know, like perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like I look at this country and I go, okay, well that was 250 years ago Mm -hmm. that this ended. So in 250 years, we went from that to a black president. That's pretty impressive. But like, we have to keep doing that work. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, that's what this book essentially shows is like, we're talking about a modern woman who's from 1976, Mm -hmm. who's seen the civil rights movement. She's seen, you know, colored restrooms Mm -hmm. and whites only establishments. Like she's gone through slavery and I mean, like a slavery of the mind. Mm -hmm. Like she's gone through this whole journey of civil rights along with the other people of that time period. And now she's forced to revisit all of this and see where exactly how far we have and haven't come. Because she's got a white man who's married to her that's also grappling with this in the worst way. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like, this book is so good. So good. <laughs> it's oh. so good. <sighs> um, the next thing we find out, too, is that apparently Tom comes over to Sarah and asks how Dana worked and if she's lazy, which is scary. I don't like how much interest he's putting into her. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And creepy. And like he catches her one morning on her way out of Kevin's bedroom and kind of just like smiles at her. Like he gets that, like he gets like what she's doing, which it's like, again, like there's no, it's hard to kind of think your way around this, I'm sure, in the moment for her. Mm-hmm. But like, what signal is, is she sending? Because she's willingly sleeping with Kevin because that's her husband, but he doesn't understand that. He thinks that she's willingly sleeping with her master. And now he's like, I want to buy you. So there's other implications yeah. to that as well. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. so sarah also tells dana that she needs to let like she needs to tell kevin to let her sleep in the attic before margaret loses it and like yeah. dana's like why like i don't understand and sarah's like listen you have him wrapped around your finger like you need to tell him he has to do this otherwise things are gonna get really bad for you really quickly like mm-hmm. I, honestly shout out to sarah love her yeah yeah always on watch mm-hmm. Like, always on watch. And she's like, yeah, you know, you're young and pretty and, you know, you only have so much time. And then she realizes, like, wait, Sarah used to be young and pretty. She says something to Sarah, too, about, like, how she's like, why didn't you, you know, do this? And, like, how offensive, first of all. Super offensive. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's, that, man, that w- that one knocked all the wind out of my, yeah. out of my lungs. Like, all the air out of me. Because 
she again like when people talk today right about like white privilege and things like that right people get very prickly Mm -hmm. um very prickly about you know the concept of white privilege but the reality is that white people aren't the only people who have privilege everybody has privilege Mm -hmm. if you are educated that's a privilege if you have money of any kind that's a privilege over poor people right Mm -hmm. um if you have you know uh like for me i have lighter skin Mm -hmm. than some other you know bipoc people that's a privilege you know when i'm in different spaces people can't automatically assign me a race they're a little curious Mm -hmm. which sometimes is good and sometimes is awful because then they want to ask me about it and that's never fun yeah um but you know, there's there's a certain amount of agency that I have over other people, and that's my privilege, right? Any agency that you have over someone else is a privilege, mm-hmm. whether it's something tangible or not. You know, it could be it could be mental health. You know, I have depression and someone else doesn't, therefore they're privileged over me mm-hmm. or vice versa, right? So she's not checking her privilege when she says that to Sarah. Yeah she's she's talking to her like she's talking to a relic of the past yeah like she's talking to like you know a hologram in like a museum she's or something talking to her like she, they're in the 70s questions yeah, yeah like she's not talking to her like this was literally 10 years ago mm-hmm. for her and she's still probably not over it yeah and she's done everything right and they still sold her children mm-hmm. like this woman is dealing with so much suffering and when dana asks her that it's out of genuine curiosity but her curiosity gets the better of her mm-hmm. emotional know-how. You know what I mean? If she had thought for even five seconds, she wouldn't have said that. She like blurts it out mm-hmm. and is like, you know, did you try? Is that what happened to you? Yeah. And it's like, and then she like, Sarah's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Sarah's like, I've literally done everything for you. And you have the audacity to speak to me this way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because like, I would say it's pretty clear. I think Sarah does try. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, if, if Tom took a shine to her and took a liking to her. And if she was forced, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And Margaret found out about that. And maybe that's why her sons were actually sold. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. There's so much else that's happening. And for this woman to just be like, I'm going to be reckless for a second. Yeah, like, don't do that. Like, she can't afford it. She can't afford it. To me, that's the beginning of the end of Dana being a little sloppy. Yeah. She gets a little sloppy. Well, it's like she's been there too long, you know? Yeah. And it's like... It starts to change her. Yeah. Which is understandable. Like, once you're put into a situation like that, I how could it not leave a mark on your soul? Absolutely. So this is the point where her and Kevin are talking and, you know, they see the little kids playing a game where they pretend to sell their friends. Like little, um, like enslaved kids. I was like, Oh, Oh no. Mm -hmm. Like that's dark. And like, they don't know because that's just their reality. But like, that was that moment to me like really flipped the switch for me i was like oh like this book already i i realized quickly it was not gonna pull punches for me but that to me i it was right in the gut yeah totally agree i i get i have hard time i have a hard time with like kid stuff you know what i mean like yeah it's one thing when because they don't have choices they don't have options they're just kind of strung along for the ride yeah because it's like one thing when Mm -hmm. it's happening to adults you know not in this book specifically but like with adults you're like in modern day you're like you can get out of this you know if you try really hard you can probably get out of the situation but like kids can't kids have no way to get out of the situation that they're in because they're completely reliant on the adults around them and that to me is true horror agree absolutely agree 
So Kevin and Dana are talking and Kevin's like, it's not that bad here. <laughs> I thought it was going to be worse. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, Kevin, it's not that bad for you. Like doesn't, and this is what I'm saying, right? So in true Kevin fashion, mm-hmm. still doesn't ask his wife what's happening. Mm-hmm. She sleeps in his room every night mm-hmm. and she doesn't feel like she can tell mm-hmm. him about watching that man get beat almost to death, yeah. if not to death. Yeah. Like that's, that, that speaks volumes yeah. about the validity of their relationship as a couple to me. Literally, if I was in her shoes, immediately as soon as I got back to the 70s, I would divorce that man. Like, yeah. goodbye. Absolutely not. Well, so that's part of what I what I really like, too, about what a slow burn this mm-hmm. is. Because we do have Dana saying in, like, chapter two, hey, I don't want him to come back in time with me because I'm afraid of what it might do to mm-hmm. him. What if it changes our relationship? What if it changes him? Mm-hmm. She doesn't really think about how it might change herself because I think she thinks, well, I know what's going to happen. I know mm-hmm. slavery. I've read about it. I've studied it, whatever. I have family members. I've done the history lesson, all mm-hmm. that, right? But she's looking at him and she's like, what if something changes with him? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, then we start seeing it happen mm-hmm. in this moment. He still exists with this woman. They have ample opportunities to talk after hours. And he's going to go, oh, it's not that bad without even asking her, hey, how has it been for mm-hmm. you? Yikes. Yep. Yep. And then Dana Shameful. is reading with Rufus and Margaret's in the room and keeps like, interrupting so rufus mm-hmm. like snaps and in that moment dane is like i can see tom a little bit and that's yep. terrifying yep so then you know after that dana starts trying to teach nigel to read and in that moment she's teaching nigel she's got a book in her hand nigel's on the other side of the cookhouse tom walks in yeah so this is actually, I think, I don't, I don't remember us talking about mm-hmm. that, about um, that moment that comes right before this one, where he, he catches her in the library mm-hmm. reading the books. Yeah. Tom catches Dana reading in the library and is like, hey, you can read to my son, but you can't just read on your own time. There's no, you don't have your own time. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't disrespect me. Yeah. He tells her up front, this is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, Again, reckless. I get why she did it. Probably would have done the same mm-hmm. thing. Definitely would have been more careful. But she's like, it's all or nothing now, right? She's like, you know, she feels comfortable because Kevin has kind of been a crutch for her mm-hmm. so far. He's been a little bit of a shield. Mm-hmm. And she goes for it. And, like, in that moment, like, man, everything is going so well. Alice comes to her, shows her, hey, I want to learn how to read, mm-hmm. too. Will you let me? She takes the book from the library. He's already accused her of stealing. Mm-hmm. He said when she was in the library the first time, you're stealing books from mm-hmm. me. And she was like, no, I'm just reading them. And he's like, but of course, to a man who's uneducated, who can barely read, of course, that's stealing. Mm-hmm. Man. What else would it be? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't he doesn't see how this is, you know, normal behavior yeah. for a person. He, of course, he thinks that's stealing. So, man, I, the second that she looks up and sees Tom, I'm just like, okay, so it's over. Yeah. I don't know how this is just, I don't know how this is a a halfway point of this book when it's obviously over. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are. I honestly don't think I mentioned it because I didn't write it down. I didn't think that this would come back up to bite me. 
to be honest. I'm sure. So I was like, because why would yeah. it? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like he just told her to stop reading. Like it's fine. Whatever. I did not think that was like an important detail. You know, sometimes yep. I don't write everything down. So I don't think I actually wrote that part down. Um, totally. Get and it. then, you know, comes back to bite us right in the butt. Oh yeah. Almost immediately too. Yeah. You get like three pages later and you're like, no. Yeah. The good thing <laughs> is Tom only catches Dana. She, he Thank did not God. catch Nigel or Alice. Thank yes. the Lord, because oh my God, could you imagine? No. Yeah. So Tom starts beating her, but like as she's like going outside to you know knowingly get beaten by Tom, she makes eye contact with Nigel. Mouths get Kevin. She goes out to basically her execution walk. He starts beating her, and as her vision's blurring, Kevin's running towards her. And she passes out. So at the end of this, we don't even know. I have a theory, and I'm going to present it to you. Mm -hmm. I think Tom, not Tom, I think Kevin told Tom about this. Because he, Tom said he was going to try and get her scared back into the past. Back into the future. Mm. I think my conspiracy theory, and I'm putting it out there, and I could be totally wrong. All right. Mm -hmm. Is that Kevin manufactured the situation and if that proves to be correct i hate kevin because nigel could have gotten killed alice could have gotten killed yes for this absolutely for him to go back to the future where they have running water like i'm very nervous that that was the case here yep same same i actually think that you have a pretty good conspiracy theory I'm going to go and take this. I'm going to take this ride. Yeah. Because I think, I think that might be it. Because I agree. He did, he did say, mm-hmm. I'm going to scare you back to our time. Yeah. I think that like, what also really fucking, <laughs> what also really gets me here is that, is that conversation she has with mm-hmm. Rufus before this happens. Because he's already like, he's already got, you know, his gears grinding mm-hmm. when he comes out and sees her in the cookhouse. Mm-hmm. And I think he, and, and again, I agree that she, that someone must have said something to him. Someone mm-hmm. must have hipped him to it, tipped him off. Because all this time, none of those people have gone out to the cookhouse. Mm-hmm. Not a single Waylon family member has been to the cookhouse. It is a safe haven for literally every single person of color that works on that mm-hmm. farm. So for him to just suddenly show up out of the blue, like obviously someone said something. Oh, yeah. Obviously someone said something, right? And like moments before, like a couple of, like two pages before, right? rufus tells him you know he he like tom tells him oh you should be ashamed of yourself that this this black person you know obviously he uses the n-word but this black person can read better than mm-hmm. you that should embarrass you yeah and rufus looks at him and goes she can read better than you too yeah rufus ruthless but like so also like, so like we already know yeah we already know like where his head is at when he walks through that door like we already know how he feels mm-hmm. and then like how he treats his mother too like that that also kind of doesn't give me the most uh faith Mm-hmm. and confidence for uh for 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 rufus because he when he says when he when he's like really nasty to his mother to get her out of his hair mm-hmm. to get her to like leave the room so that he can hear dana reading and he doesn't have to you know deal with her shit or whatever anymore dana's like hey you can't talk to your mom like that right even though this woman is a racist even though this woman is a slave owner even though this woman really only is powered by you know subjugation of others mm-hmm. right she still is like, hey, she's your mom. Yeah. You gotta respect her. And this kid looks her right in her eye and is like, oh well, she always comes back. Oh, well, she she was crying? Yeah, she was crying. She's always crying. Yeah. 
she's gonna come back and bring me cake anyway so in that moment like there's been this whole like this i'm saying this is a lot for dana like all Mm -hmm. in like one day man because like she's she's in this situation where she's like okay well maybe rufus is good maybe i can help him be better we're we're making such great progress things are fine things are okay Mm -hmm. And then there's a moment where he's cruel Mm -hmm. to his mother of all people and is like, she's still going to come back with cake, even if I'm nasty to her. I am very interested to see what happens next chapter because I'm nervous. Like chilling, chilling, Chilling. truly. Oh my God. Yeah. So she, so obviously he, she, you know, Kevin's running and she, she flashes back. And like my, my first question is, does he get to her? I'm placing bets he didn't. That's my bet. I think he's going to be stuck there for a year or something. And he's going to try and put uh, Rufus in danger to get Dana back there. That's what I'm thinking is happening. I don't think he got back to her in time. That's my guess. But we will find out next week. So we will. Thank you all for listening. Candace, where can people of the internet find you if you'd like to be found? Everybody, you can find me um, at Candace the Magnificent on Instagram, all one word, um, as well as uh, YouTube. I do some content on my own time. Recently, I've been on an ice cream review kick, so please head over there and check me out. Uh, you can also find me um, at Valor Studios, V-A-L-O-R-E. I am one of their cast members of Deadlands, a tabletop role-playing game uh, vlog that airs on Twitch on Wednesday nights. And then uh, the episodes are uploaded onto YouTube on Fridays. And uh, you can also, hopefully soon, find me um, on Spotify. Dungeon Jedi Masters has a new show coming out called Scattered Choices. And I play Tula Batunde. So by the time we air this, it should be up. If you enjoyed this episode of the Belly Buggish Podcast and you want more content, please consider joining us over on Patreon. It helps support the show. You get some bonus episodes. Every single month you'll get an additional episode. Plus there's a backlog. And it's all donation-based, so for just $3 a month you help support the podcast. And, you know, you get a lot of cool content. This week, or, or I guess last week, I'm editing early, so... Last week, last Friday, uh, Witcher came out. So we talked about the first two seasons of The Witcher um, over on Patreon. And I was joined by Megan, a longtime friend. And if you follow uh, Rhapsodic Geeks on Twitch um, and you watch me play Dungeons & Dragons over there, you will recognize Megan um, from a lot of the games we play. Also, if you haven't check me out on twitch because i play fun games and you get to see my face so that's always cool um yeah thank you guys for listening i hope you all enjoy this episode next week we will be moving on to the very next chapter so please make sure you've read that if you're reading along um yeah i don't have a lot of fun announcements right now um i am doing dungeon and dragons every single week on the rhapsodic geeks channel over on twitch so if you want a lot of that. That's every Thursday. It starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, and then it usually goes until about 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then I have a lot of different streams over on my channel. 
but you can find me at Barely Bookish on literally everything. That's the best way to find me. Or you can go to barelybookish.com slash connect and see me that way. Uh, we do have the Barely Book Club, which now we're reading The Gilded Cage, which is the sequel to The Prison Healer. Um, so we're going through that right now, and I'm enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. So I'm pretty excited to see what everybody thinks. Um, if you have, if you already read it and you want to chat about it, you can chat in there once the book's done. Uh, it's probably going to take about four weeks for us to finish it. And when this episode comes out, we'll probably be on week two. So we'll be done pretty soon. And then probably when the third book comes out, we'll read that in there as well. So, and if you want to help us pick our next book, we will probably be picking our next book in about a week from when this episode goes live. So you can always join in and then submit books you'd like to read. You can do that at barelybookscom connect. And then there should be a button that says uh, book club. So join that. But that's kind of all I've got for you all this week. I hope you all are enjoying and you're having a good week. And I'll catch you guys next week. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux. And I'll catch you all later. Bye!